Hey, welcome to Church of the Sons podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we hope that this message inspires you, lifts your faith, and brings you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. A couple months ago, I started thinking about this one word. It's meanders all through the Bible, and the word in the Hebrew is simply this uh, word, sama, and Cairo in the Greek, and it is a Bible word, and the word is rejoice. And I know you're excited about that word, so I'd like you just to say it out loud, the word rejoice. rejoice. Okay, try it one more time, a little more ampage here. Say it again, rejoice. rejoice. Turn to someone and tell them, rejoice. Rejoice. So often in life, we find ourselves premeditating upon this word more. We want to accomplish more in life. We like to have more money. We like to have more friends. We like to have more dates. We like to have more followers on Facebook. Or when you post one of these beautiful pictures, you like to have more likes than those that are the detractors. And all of us focus so much on the more, maybe we need to shift a little bit and begin to focus and make the decision to have more joy. The word kairos means be glad, be joyful, and be happy. In the Gospel of Luke, we have this Christmas story beginning with Mary and this Big guy, Gabriel, shows up. We're not sure where. Could have been in her bedroom. She's a teenager, uh, 16 or 17, most theologians think. And the angel kind of delivers this preposterous word. So Mary, you're going to have a baby. Call him Jesus. And she kind of freaks out and says, how does that work? Because I'm a virgin. And then Gabriel says in verse chapter 1, verse 35, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power most high will overshadow you. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. One theologian talks about this as a description of the Shekinah glory coming upon a teenager and by that miracle, a baby coming forth, the Son of God, Jesus. We're reminded that the Holy Spirit has no limitations. And the Holy Spirit works in mysterious ways 
and even today is conceiving, he is conceiving miracles in our lives, and he's looking for people who would just say yes, and this teenager says in verse 38, may your word to me be fulfilled, and then the angel went home. So Mary doesn't comprehend, doesn't understand, and can't figure it out. Seems like an anomaly. But she decides, rather than worry, rather than think it through, because sometimes the worst thing you can do is think it through. Because when you think it through, you end up with you rather than the mystery of the God thing. And often we're so thinking that we miss the obvious. We're being sideswiped by God, and yet we're so caught up. If I can understand it, I'll do it. And God says, I'm not interested in your understanding. I understand, and I know what I'm doing, and you need to say yes, and don't give me a hard time. <laughs> and the teenager goes down this path of rejoicing. And this is actually called in uh, Bible language, uh, the Magnificat. And in verse 46, Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. In verse 51, read it together with me. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those The original here is that Mary begins to magnify the Lord. If you ever take a magnifying glass and put it to something, it gets bigger, obviously. God does not change, but from our perspective, we can see him constantly bigger and greater. And when you begin to magnify him, when you begin to lift your voice, when you begin to declare that he is mighty, that he is the mighty God of the universe, that there are no limitations to his being, and he is infinite, and he is omnipresent, and he is mighty, and the teenager begins to grasp hold of magnifying and she begins to declare with her soul, 
her mind, her emotions, and her will. But that doesn't drive it. It is her spirit. The Bible says her spirit rejoices in God, her Savior. Hallelujah. Something happens when you are able to collaborate your spirit with your soul and your total being. You begin to bless the Lord. You begin to rejoice. And when you begin to rejoice, you begin to be glad. You begin to be joyful. You begin to rise above the circumstances. You begin to drive the enemy out of your atmosphere. The enemy wants to coerce us. The enemy is an intimidator. And the enemy works on our emotions and in our circumstances. And as long as he can keep us in a corner, defeated like a dog on a leash, then you're no threat to anyone. But when you rise up and you say, if Mary, teenager, that God, a rhema word from heaven can rise up and say, I'm going to stand on what the angel told me. I'm not backing down, and I'm not going to do my deal. I'm going to do his plan, and I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to magnify his name, and I'm going to accent. I'm going to accent. I'm going to accent the mighty one and what he has done and the great things that he has made possible to me and through me. Hallelujah. When we see him as greater, we then are stronger and we're mighty and we're a threat to the gates of hell. A lot of the things that we are facing are not just circumstantial. Because the enemy comes in and he begins to party in our circumstances and his purpose is to defeat us. And you can come and you can open the Bible and you can have a revelation. Boy, you have to act on it. And you have to stand on it and you have to take the initiative and say, listen, I'm going to rejoice. I don't know what happened. I don't know what took place. But I am going to rejoice. I'm going to be happy, and I'm going to have joy. Look around. Watch the shoppers. Watch the people in our culture walk into Star Starbucks, go to Disney, watch the people, and you'll find a dearth, a lack of joy. Everybody's talking about how bad our nation is. We're number one economically in the entire world. We are the most blessed, prosperous, and people can be in a, in a Jaguar or be in a Maserati, and they may be in a big deal car. You look into their eyes. The car didn't make them happy or have joy. Because joy doesn't come from a Maserati, it comes from Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
We have to learn to walk as a child one step at a time. We don't come into the earth knowing that one and one equals two. We can't read. We can't write. It's the same way in our walk with God. We have to learn how to be vicious against the enemy and not only rejoice here on Sunday, but we rejoice changing a diaper. We rejoice even though we have children. When you lose your job, you're a first responder, and you choose, God's going to take care of me. You didn't hire me. Sorry for you. Your boyfriend says, I don't want to go out with you anymore. And you turn and say, have a nice life. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. And you rejoice. You rejoice when things are good. You rejoice when they're bad. You rejoice at the gym. You rejoice at your job. And you rejoice at work. On the school campus, you rejoice. You can be at your computer. And by rejoicing, what I'm saying, you don't have to say a word. But inside here, something is kicking up and you're rejoicing. God is good. I praise him. I worship him. I thank you. I got a new thing going this, this year. In the middle of the night, I wake up. I used to think about everything I could think about and put the whole church. Anyway, I decided that in the middle of the night, while Judy is sleeping, in my heart, I'm praising the Lord. Sometimes I get up and go in the other room, and I sit in my chair. At 4.30 this morning, I was praying for people in our church. Hildred, Ross, I was praying for people. If I'm wake up, I know I'm up. I'm a sentinel, and I'm up, and I'm going to begin to enter in. I'm not going to be defeated in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. When your, act, your ex acts like the devil... Don't empower them. That's the way people act when they don't know Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless them. Get your kids and run. Praise God. <laughs> don't let the enemy pull you down circumstantially. Stand up. Start to walk. Start to praise God at a different level. In Jesus' name. Mary said, it doesn't say here, she didn't understand it, but she said, I'm going to magnify the Lord. I am going to rejoice in my spirit, because she believed that what God said would come to pass. It would be nice in life if we could pray a prayer and instantly it happened. Lord, 
I would like you to do this. And it happens. And all our prayers are instantaneously answered. That doesn't happen with me. In fact, and maybe he has to work on me more than you, but often my prayers are elongated. They don't happen. And it's in those moments between the prayer and the constant prayer and the consummation we have to keep guard and say, I'm going to rejoice. November 29th is not like one, just any day. It's a big deal in my life. And this week, I couldn't help but remember what happened to me on that day. Prior to that Wednesday, I had Epstein-Barr virus, no medical solution, it's a virus, and what it does, if you've ever heard about it, you actually go to bed and you wake up with no energy, not weak, no energy. I was pastor of Calvary Assembly, we were doing four services at 8 o'clock, 9.45, 11.30, and 5. I would be sitting down on the, those days, pews, whatever that is, I would have no energy, and as I walked to this stage, I would say, Lord, send 10,000 angels and give me strength. When I stood up to speak, the angels would empower me, and I would have, you would have thought I had the strength of God. It went on and on and on and on and on. And one day, I decided that I was going to really seek the Lord. I felt like I was worn out. My wife had passed away. I had two teenage daughters. I said, I'm going in my chair in our rented building, and I'm going to stay there until God moves. Now, I'm not given to sit naturally, but I sat. Few hours went by, I didn't read, I waited. At three o'clock, I felt like the Lord said, sit on the floor, your glass windows, looking out on Magnolia Road, and I lifted my hands like this, and the power of the Holy Spirit came upon me, I started to shake, which I never do. And I knew heaven had invaded me. It was a mighty encounter with the Holy Spirit. And as I'm there, not seeking healing, I heard him say in my heart, and Alex, I'm healing you. Now, I had lost 10 pounds. I had black under my eyes, dark. And I started to gain weight the next few weeks, like a lot of you would like to do. And God miraculously restored my energy. And please pray for Judy. 
because he has given me strength that is inhuman and it is a miracle from heaven and I give him the glory and praise today. I was telling my sister friend who is here what happened on that day and she said, you know, that's the day that our dad passed away and I said, oh, coincidence. And I'm driving down the interstate and say, Lord, why was it November 29th? He said, I want you to know that as I was with your dad in ministry for years and years, I will be with you forever and I will use you in a great way. God gives us words, and we have to stand on them. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37, I never fully understood the import of this verse. I have always quoted this verse for literally a long time that from the translations, for with God nothing is impossible. When I jumped into the original Greek on this, here is what it is saying. It is simply saying in verse 37, he is saying, for no word, read it with me, for no word from God, do it again, for no, and what he is saying is, this word here is rhema. Now, we know the Bible is logos. It's the word of God. It is inspired by the Holy Spirit. But there's a, there's a word called rhema. And it's when God, by his Holy Spirit, comes down and gives you a word. It can be a word of healing where it's just, it's, it's beyond, you can even understand it in the natural, but it's a rhema word. And this is in the context of Mary. And the angel is saying to Mary, in essence, okay, Gabriel was speaking on my behalf. It was a word to you, Mary. And then he says, for no word, for no word from God will ever fail. What word has God given to you? What word what rhema word has he given to you? And that rhema word has not come to pass. And today he wants to remind us that no rhema word will fail. That he will prevail. That he will perform. It will not be in our time. But it will be in his time. The word, the rhema word that I got on the back porch, February 14, 2016, sitting there, and God said, you, this church is going to be a part of the greatest awakening in the history of the Christian faith. And I got up this morning, and I felt something is different here this morning. Something is magnificent. And at nine o'clock, this worship team just exalted the Lord, like in this service. And there was a move of the Spirit. And I knew we are in these first stages of seeing things happen that we've never seen before, where there is 
a fulfillment of a rhema word that God gives to us. And he's given you a rhema word. You may be a teenager. You may be 16 like Mary was. It's not about age. It's about what he's saying to us. And sometimes he has to speak to a child because someone older is not listening. It's easy to stop listening as you go on and you begin to get kind of like comfortable. If you're comfortable, you're not hearing anything, you need to kind of go in, jump in and say, Lord, I need, I need a change. I need an immersion of the Holy Spirit. I need a baptism. I need a fire come down upon me. Hallelujah. No word from God will ever fail. No word. We have to listen, but we have to rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice always. Say it with me. Rejoice. Say it again. Rejoice always. Philippians 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice. Who's writing? Who's writing those words? The guy who spent most of his life, many, many, many years in prison and is finally killed. And this guy, Paul, the apostle, has the tenacity not because he was in a theological class getting his doctor's degree. This man got his doctor's degree in prison. And he writes to us. He writes to us today and he says, he doesn't tell us right there where he's writing from, but he's, he, he knows what it's like to be in a prison. And yet he chose in prison for the gospel and all the enemies he had. And he said, listen, we're going to rejoice always. <laughs> we're not going to allow a prison to stop us. We're going to rejoice. When we begin to rejoice, we begin to sense the presence of the Lord. The Bible says in the gospel, in Psalm 16, 11, it says, you will show me the path of life that in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When we begin to praise the Lord like we're doing here this morning and we'll enter back in a couple minutes and we begin to praise the Lord, what happens in the presence of the Lord, there is this release of the joy of the Lord. This is amazing. In the original, when it says, in fullness of joy, this is what one scholar said. Not partial joy, not imperfect joy, not joy intermingled with pain and sorrow, but full, satisfying, unclouded, unmingled, with anything that would diminish its fullness or brightness, joy that cannot be diminished. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
Mary, Mary, how did you, how'd you rise up into this level of, how'd you rise up into this level of rejoicing and magnifying the Lord? And you have to kind of drift back to verse number 30, where she says and talks about, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God. And the word favor is the word grace. And that word grace is Cairo or rejoice. Mary had the, Mary had the favor of God upon her, the grace of God. And you know what? We have been filled with the abundant fullness of God's grace. The grace is living inside of us. And we can do things that we cannot do in the natural. When your feelings are down and the circumstance is negative, your feelings will try to dictate what is happening. Like Friday, we had family and in the afternoon I was kind of feeling down. How many know Family is interesting sometimes. <laughs> Uncle Jimmy and Aunt Barbara. Anyway. And it's Friday afternoon and it's 2 or 3 o'clock and I'm thinking, I don't feel right. And then I had this thought go, and you're talking about rejoicing on Sunday. I thought, oh my God. And you know what I did? I did not try to change my emotions because they probably wouldn't budge. But inside, I just said, I rejoice in the Lord. I rejoice in your greatness, Lord. I praise your name. And I have a new deal I came up with this year when I don't feel anything, and I'm, I do a lot of this at the, at the gym, I go like this and I just I don't feel anything. I go... Whoa. Sometimes I just go like this. Praise God. And I don't, I don't know what it is about raising my hands. I guess it's like scriptural. And it says raise your hand. And sometimes you just have to raise your hand and say, yeah, my feelings are messed up and I don't feel anything. And the thing is that we don't, we don't let our we don't let our feelings determine where we're going or our circumstances, but we decide to tell our feelings, this is what is right, and then when we begin to rejoice in here, it literally overflows on my brain and my emotions, and after a while, they catch up, and the presence of God comes, and I break through in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And he wants us to, to simply rejoice. Say it with me. Rejoice. 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 Say it again. Rejoice. rejoice. And we have to do that no matter what our circumstances are. And I felt as I was writing this out that there are spirits of heaviness. There is depression, hopelessness, despair, and fear. Not one of those come from God. They are all of the enemy. And your circumstance, I'm not marginalized how bad it is, but when we are with other believers and we are now together, we are stronger. 
And when we begin to rejoice, there's something of the presence of God that kind of rushes over us until we begin to sense a release of that. And I'm believing that no one in this building goes out through those exit signs with your depression. Depression is real. And we are putting a, a, an attack on every depression in the name of Jesus. We're rebuking it. We're rebuking it through our rejoicing. And we're gonna rejoice. We're gonna rejoice. Now, everybody stand up, please. Hold on that, uh, hold that a second. Okay, nobody move now. Boy, this feels uncomfortable, doesn't it? In a minute, we're gonna just begin to rejoice. It can kind of go like this. Praise God, or like hallelujah, I think it's the same in Spanish, isn't it? Hallelujah. And in Brazilian or Portuguese, what is it? And in Russian? Oh my goodness, I'm an interpreter of all these languages. So you're here, you have the whole world on you, you're depressed, so here's your hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise God, okay? Get it out. Somebody else is a little, little more on the path to being high on praise. Hallelujah. Then there's somewhere over here where they're kind of like, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, we're gonna, we're gonna crank this up, okay? We're gonna do what the Bible says. Now, forget your feelings. Hope you feel it. I feel it this morning. I feel like I'm almost going to heaven. Okay, I feel it. But you don't have to feel it. You don't have to feel anything. So I want you just start praising God. You can say hallelujah, praise God. You want to lift a hand? Maybe that'll help you. Uh, so do something. Do something. Do something. Hallelujah. 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 Rejoice. Rejoice, 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 rejoice. Praise God, 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 praise God. Praise your Lord. Praise your Lord. Okay, that was the two-minute warm-up, okay? So, uh, hey, you know women always kind of lead things, don't they? So, no men, you don't praise God. Women, do something. Lead these men. Women, start praising God. Come on. Come on, come on.
Okay, man, let's show them now. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No music here. Where's the drum? Are you in there? Can you do it? Put the lights on this guy. Uh, go ahead. Praise God. A uh, lot of warning here. So. Uh, Do something, do something. Hold, just a second.
I don't, I don't understand the full import where the Bible always says, clap your hands, all you people. I believe that when we clap our hands, we crush the, the atmosphere around us. We clap our hands. We attack the enemy when we clap our hands. We stop the enemy. We crush him in the name of Jesus. Come on. Begin to shout. Begin to shout.
You know, it's amazing. It's amazing when Jesus shows up what he can do. The greatest, the greatest miracle that we ever behold on the earth is when one person turns towards Jesus and realizes they can have a new life and the past sins can be forgiven, that no sin is beyond the grasp of what Christ did on the cross. It's hard for us to comprehend with our minds how Christ is dying on the cross and that he is taking our sins and our sicknesses so we can be removed from the clutches of evil. Evil is real. And evil always produces guilt, condemnation, and shame. God doesn't bring that, sin does. And to think that we, as a decision, can come out of that and we can walk towards Christ and just say, Jesus, here I am, I'm in need of you. And you may be here in this meeting, the closing moments, and you say, you know, I really, <laughs> I need exposure to the grace and goodness of God. This is, this is something that is life-changing, and you see all of what's happening here today is beyond the grasp of our minds, it's just Jesus. And I'm gonna count to three, and you say, I, I really need, I need to be forgiven. And if you just throw up a hand, Christ will come, and you don't have to understand everything. You just know your heart is crying out and saying, I need the Lord. Sometimes we have people that have known the Lord, but somehow got on a crooked path, and you can come out of darkness. Please know he's, He's, he's beckoning you with joy because he, so he has so much more for you than your present life. So step out today. In just a moment, all you do is you just throw up your hand and say, I, I want to be forgiven. I'm going to count to three. You throw it up. One, two, three. Throw up your hand right now over the building. Yes. Throw it up. Yes. Yes. Put it up. Put it up, get out of darkness. Put it up, put your hand up, put it up. In Jesus' name, get out of darkness. We're gonna ask everyone that raise your hand, no one moving for a moment. Walk down this aisle and just stand here. We're gonna have a closing one minute prayer. You come right now. Walk down this aisle and say yes to Christ. Come right now, balcony, walk down the sides. Come right now. Come to Christ. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Over here. Get out of your chair. Say yes to Christ. Keep singing that song. I'm going to... About victory. Yes. Come on. There's more. Come on. Yes. Come. Come. Yes.
still walking down the aisle, others. I want us to do something a little unusual in just a moment, to turn to somebody and just say, you know, do you really need to come to Christ? And if they say yes, just walk down. They're still coming here. If they, if they say, I, I need Jesus, sometimes you just need a friend that will kind of encourage you to kind of get out because let me tell you something right now. Listen to me. Evil is powerful. Why don't people come to Christ? They're held like that in the grip by his discipleship. You can't get out unless you make a decision. I'm getting out. Think of what he's what his payoff is. It's darkness and more darkness and more guilt. And you never get out until you decide one day, it's not working, I'm getting out of the darkness and I'm coming to Jesus. You gotta get out. I want you to, in the balcony, I want everybody to turn to someone and just say, do you need Jesus? Turn to somebody, do you need Jesus? If they do. Bring them down right now, and we'll close this service. All over this building, there are more people to come to Jesus. Yes, right here. Yes. There's somebody else. Come on, right here. Yes. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Sing it. I'm going to victory. Yes. Yes.
I'm looking at you and so excited that you made the decision to come to Christ. We're not, we're not, we're not focusing on what you did bad. We're focusing on how great Jesus is. He takes us where we are. And the way we come to Jesus is not behavior or modification. I'll try to do a little better. It doesn't begin with behavior. It begins with our hearts. And we're going to pray a prayer. And you're going to invite Christ into your heart. You're just going to surrender to Christ. And I want you to think about the cross, what Christ did for you. And we're going to pray this prayer, and we have hundreds that are watching. Maybe you need to pray the same prayer wherever you are. And we're going to pray this prayer. You just, just whisper it or say it from your heart. And then after that, Pastor Dave is here. We're going to move to the left here now. Don't go back to your seat. Just four, five minutes. We have friends back there. We're going to give every person a Bible because... You need somebody to be with you in this new walk of getting out of darkness into the light. And you're going to make it. And you're going to win hundreds to Christ through your life, your family. You're going to win your whole family. I'm going to ask our church family to pray this prayer with them. And then after we pray the prayer, I'm going to ask for just, this is a very sacred moment. I'm going to ask no one just to start leaving just for a moment. Because this is a holy moment as they go into the room and just for a couple minutes. So let's pray this prayer. Let's all pray it. Jesus, Jesus. I, put I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin, and give me your grace the gift of righteousness and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer, you are in the family of God. Now just go, just go that way, go that way, go that way. No one move, no one move, just a second. I want us all just to stay here attentive, one minute, just one minute, and I want us just to keep clapping our hands for these that are coming. Go ahead, come on. Look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this.